Welcome to Yo, your optimal personal economy, the podcast that empowers high performers to think differently around earning, protecting, saving, investing, and growing their wealth. We see wealth while encompassing money, also including other domains that hold significance, such as health, mindset, fitness, relationships, and diet. In every episode, your host, Justin Bennett, the founder and president of Bennett Financial, will discuss how he has been helping shift conventional paradigms in order to take control of their own personal economy. By taking ownership of your own circumstances instead of following traditional methods, you can truly yield the results that will produce solutions in line with your expectations. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Optimal Personal Economy, also referred to as YOPE. This is your host, Justin Bennett. We've got uh, a really exciting show today. We've got uh, a good friend uh, as well as a client in Frank Luna joining us. Um, so I wanted to just welcome Frank to the show. Frank, how you doing? Doing good, man. It's a beautiful day at the beach, so you can't, can't complain about days like this. Sure is. What do you say? It's a good day for a good day. Is that what you say? It's a good day for a good day, baby. Especially today. I just got back. I brought my parents out to Moorestown this morning to get their second dose of the vaccine. So uh, all over New Jersey today, as uh, we might say. So, Love it. That was good. Love it. You know, good to you, get that done. By the way, have you? That is good. That is good. Have you trademarked that uh, saying it's a good day for a good day? or, or No, I don't think I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, I don't know that I came up with it, but it's a good mentality for me, and it's, and it's getting getting me somewhere. That's it. You know, one day at a time, right? That's what it's doing. That's it, brother. Uh, that is it. So listen, I just wanted to um, – I, I know you don't think that um, uh, many people look at you as a uh, highly revered human being, but it is the case that people do, and I just want to take a moment to give our listeners – uh, a quick insight into who Frank Luna is, because I think it's uh, pretty interesting. And, you know, I'll just touch on it a little bit. I mean, Frank Frank and I have known each other for years now. And Frank, unlike many other people, decided to take it upon himself to enlist into the Army National Guard, 11B, I guess it is. Right, Frank? Yeah, 11B is the MOS. That means uh, infantry. Okay. 11 okay. Bravo. And got it. Got it. And, you know, it's it's something that I, I like to spend a little bit of time with because, um, you know, most people will go into service at a relatively young age, either before, I don't even know what the age minimum is these days, but whether it be high school or college. But, you know, you kind of did it a little bit differently in that you got some real life experience. And then I think you recognize that you happen to really appreciate this country. You really appreciate uh, what this country offers you. And, and I think you said at one point you wanted to uh, give back and you wanted to serve. Is that right? Yeah, Justin. And I, you know, look, I appreciate bringing it up. It's, it's not something that uh, to me is, you know, you don't do something like that for glamour uh, on any level because it's, it's a lot of work for a little bit of glamour. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it's something I regretted not doing when I was younger. And, you know, after, I got out of high school, went to college, had a good job after college, a girlfriend, another good job, this, that. And there was always a reason not to do it in my head. And um, when I came up to the age of 36, 
I had passed an age lever, uh, an age limit, because you have to have shipped by your 35th birthday. So I had met with a recruiter, a buddy of mine helped me out, uh, Assemblyman Ryan Peters, who ha he happens to be a commander in one of the SEAL team units, uh, SEAL teams. And, you know, I got this age waiver. So I shipped off to boot camp at the age of 36. Uh, was down in Fort Benning, Georgia for six months between that and infantry training. And, uh, yeah, I got out of there and back to New Jersey. So it's, uh, well, listen, we appreciate it. I know it's, uh, you know, you don't do it for the ritz and glitz, but it's, uh, it doesn't go unnoticed and it's appreciated. So thanks for, thanks for your service. In fact, I think, yeah, you know, you had a, a, a recent stint down in Washington, DC where, uh, you had to, um, just make sure that everything, all the peace was kept. Is that right? You had to make sure that, um, people didn't start to act up too much. Yeah, we were down at the Capitol. I was one of those National Guard soldiers that was down in D.C. because of the events that unfolded on January 6th. So, you know, when America woke up and saw all those National Guard folks sleeping in the Capitol, I happened to be one of those guys on the floor. And uh, you could be sure we were more than fine with those accommodations. That was just a little spot we were able to take a break. So um, we were happy to have that. And, you know, it, it was... Just interesting to be a part of history, especially having worked for a member of Congress uh, for about four years, and then to be down there again in, in a different capacity was was uh, it was it was interesting in a lot of ways for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was neat. And listen, I know I know Frank. You haven't um, you haven't uh, formally launched uh, your family yet, but uh, you know you you may find yourself there one day. But uh, when I say your family, I'm talking about your more immediate family. However, yeah. it's my understanding that uh, that you are referred to as the Funkle. Is that is that correct? <laughs> the, the Fun uh, Uncle. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, you know that's that's stuck. Uh, my sister had had the first nephew of the family, I guess, about five years ago now, Lucas. And Funkle was right. just one of those things that I was called. And now there's a total of five nephews. And one niece, so four boys, one girl, and uh, right. I'm like the human jungle gym around them. Uh, and I wouldn't I change. I wouldn't I trade it. it for the world, man. I just love those kids, and I love getting in the mix with them, and just having fun. And it's uh, you know, I, I that's one of the downfalls of COVID. You know that I, I don't get to do that mm -hmm. as much. But uh, you know, yeah. you take the time you can get, and just be safe and smart. But they're great kids, man. They're fun. They're and you know, as a father, I mean, they're just. Uh, between the ages of five and like less than five months so there's a there's a lot going on down in the southern ocean county area in in my family <laughs> <laughs> that's great you know they, they they probably think that you're i mean uh, this remarkable human being because you know you you swim with alligators i mean talk to us about swimming with alligators who swims with alligators just that was a it's funny when so i was working for a congressman he lost an election and uh, I had this opportunity where I was like, all right, it was, you know, you close everything out, you're annoyed, it's probably putting it mildly that you lose an election. I mean, you're a competitive guy yourself, so you know you never want to lose. Nobody ever wants to lose. And then when you lose, especially a campaign that you're involved in that has the eyes of the nation on it, that's like a $20 million race, and that that happens, it's like, man, what next? Like, how do you... How do you push through that? 
Uh, I had a 1985 Volkswagen van. Uh, my buddy, Captain Mike, who is just a, a, a very integral part of my life when it comes to a lot of my wild adventures, he's like, dude, you got to just get outfit that van and you got to go for a little while. And I was like, that's a good idea. So two weeks later, I was you know down in Florida with that van and this guy, uh, his name's Chris. He does what he calls an underwater gator tour where you can swim with the alligator named Casper at this place in Homestead, Florida, the Everglades outpost. So you just kind of show up there and he's a wildlife photographer, really, really neat guy. And you just show up there and he's like, all right, you know, this is the, the alligator habitat, the habitat, and we're going to get in the water. And it's like, wow. And the thing is like swimming around <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, my, my nephews saw, he did a video of that day and like there were pictures and all that. So you're not going to swim with an alligator and not get photos, especially from a guy as talented as Chris, who's in the water with you. And um, yeah, so that just kind of took legs of, of its own. And like the next week he was like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going out shark diving if you want to go. And I'm like, diving with sharks. He's like, yeah, bull sharks off the coast of Jupiter. And I'm like, uh, wow. All right, let's do it. So dude, no joke. You literally like they bait, they do baited shark dives three miles off the coast of Jupiter, Florida. You jump in the water in a wetsuit and there's just bull sharks all over the place. I think there were like 14 in the water. Yep. That was just no cage, no weapon. You just, it was crazy. They must have some. They must have some serious liability insurance there, or you just sign significant waivers. I think there <laughs> were a lot of waivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, Justin, I was signing. I was signing documents for like the, the whole three mile ride out um, on the boat. That's but great. you know, in all seriousness, it, it was incredibly. I felt comfortable. Chris is a professional. I mean, obviously, you're in the water with bull sharks. You you don't ever know what they're going to do. But you know, we we had very good understanding what to expect and how to respond if one came near you and um you know it was it was neat man it was, that was a wild experience so yeah sharks That's so cool and alligators yeah that was great That's so cool you know listen i i think what we've been doing here at bennett financial is really spending a lot of time uh being intentional with the people that we surround ourselves with with the people that we serve with the work that we do because i think you know, when you wake up in the morning, you have an option to behave the way that you want to behave. And that's something that you can control. And, you know, it's something that people live by, or in some cases they don't live by, or, or they technically live by, but they opt to point the finger at uh, other people or third parties, and they never look in the mirror. And I think, you know, there's a number of things, Frank, that, you know, I think draw you and I together. But I think one of the things uh, that we both have in similar, or, you know, that, that we share uh, from an, from a per- perceptions perspective is I think we're eternal optimists, you know, eternal optimists. And uh, you and I and, and the people that we hang with, sometimes we look at a challenge as an opportunity. And it seems so odd because most people look at a challenge as a way in which they're not going to be able to get to where they want to be able to get to. But I think by looking at a challenge as an opportunity, then it becomes more of an adventure. And then it becomes a, we develop a skill set on how to troubleshoot it and how to work through it and ultimately just plow forward and be a, a problem solver. And I think that's something that, um, that's certainly a characteristic of you, Frank, that I appreciate. And, you know, I try to work on every single day. 
you know, so so I think you know because of that we have been able to connect on on many levels. But I think that then leads to you know a domain of our lives in which we we both subscribe to, which is this fitness and health domain, whereby we recognize that we only have one we only have one form we only have one chance in the form that we move through time in called the body and i think you know you do an incredible job taking care of it i know that uh you know you 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 get some attention at a local facility that i happen to find myself uh rehabbing and a recent ankle injury at they're they're incredible over the folks over there at current but um you know i think just talk to us a little bit about how you see the world as it relates to your body, your fitness, your, your, you know, the importance of taking care of that and how that carries over to your mindset, right? And how you behave every day. I, I mean, Justin, you touched on it. And the thing I, and I appreciate hearing it from you and the way you put it was just, it was very deep to me in a sense, because even thinking about you, you're a guy who runs 50 miles for breakfast, you know, so it, <laughs> you, I look at you and you're all like a whole nother level. And I'm like, come on, man, like I got to step it up. And we were joking this summer about that. Like, man, I, I got to try one of these ultra marathons. And oddly enough, I hate running. I just, I've never been a runner. That's why I was a baseball player. Uh, I liked basketball because I could sprint, but um, running is, is one of those things I need to get better at. But just from like a, a perspective of, I think for me and my approach to fitness, and I'm going to tie that in with my mental space too, because I wasn't always good at both. And quite honestly, I wasn't mm -hmm. always good at either. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think in my early twenties, I did the partying thing and it's, you know, you're out late, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're doing the things that you do when you're 22. And then, you know, at like 28, I was like, man, I got to get myself together. And now I'm 37. Right. Um, you know, at 28, I, I, it's, you know, I did nothing bad, nothing crazy. I, I, I literally, I stopped drinking entirely, cut that entirely out of my life. Uh, that was one of those things I looked at. It was, it was a, uh, distraction. It was a negative mm. and I just stopped it. And I haven't had a drink since. And, and, um, you know, that helped, I think just with the mindset. And then when you look at the physical stuff, you know, that to me has been a journey getting back in the gym whenever you have to get back in the gym is good for people. If you, if you have to start, all you have to do is start. And I think a lot of times mm -hmm. I've found myself in a place where I'm like, Oh man, this, and you mentioned challenges, this challenge is huge. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And, and we started off saying right. it's a good day for a good day. You get through it one day at a time. Uh, try to fall, fail forward. I mean, how many people, Justin, do you hear mm -hmm. that are ultra successful that have, openly talked about their failures and what it's meant in their life. But a lot of times we don't want to sure. do that. Like, Oh, I don't want to tell people I got fired from a job. Oh, I don't want to tell people that I literally had nights after I lost that campaign and I was in the best shape of my life. I was ripped as could be. I could run five miles in 40 minutes without even thinking I was <laughs> driving around the Florida keys, having the time of my life, just doing whatever I wanted every single day. And there were nights that I'm in that van by myself sleeping in a gym parking lot because that's where I was showering the next day. And I'm like, right, dude, right. how in my life did I get here? What am I doing? Right. Right. I'm, I'm literally sleeping in a Planet Fitness parking lot because they're open 24 hours and I'm going to use their shower in the morning. <laughs> you know, it, but guess what? Um, that day I went swimming with alligators or I went to spring training. 
but we don't want to right. talk about those negative times. And like, I guarantee in your business, there were probably times where you're like, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. Like, I don't know. I mean, and we don't Absolutely. talk about those things. Absolutely. I mean, so. By the way, I, I, I think I had one of those moments before you and I got on the show here. I was talking to uh, uh, my, my friend, the, the, uh, my friend Sal, who's helping out with some of the, some of the video footage. And I was just saying, uh, you know, people are, people are people, you know, it's just like everybody starts sparking orders and I want this and I want that. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, they, they look to you for, for answers, which you appreciate. But at some point you're just like, oh, let me hit the pause button. Let me go take a walk. Let me recalibrate. And it happens, right? Because you can't always be uh, performing at the top of your game in a way in which everybody starts to bark orders at you. And I want this and I need that. And I, you know, and, and, and you have to always be able to fulfill. So in order to be able to fulfill, you have to be able to, you know, regain your composure. And uh, I definitely had one of those moments before we got started, you know, and, and you bring up uh, this whole idea. I think you said failing forward. I think yeah. those were the words, right, Frank? Yeah. yeah. So check this out. Um, our son, who you know, Cooper, uh, yeah. he is into sports and he um, likes all sports and he tries to, he plays his heart out and whatever it may be. And, you know, he does you know, right now, basketball, baseball, football, and he wants to get into soccer. And so well, bottom line is he was, he, uh, he's playing on this travel basketball team. And, you know, th these, these, these 10 year olds who are in fourth grade are, are pretty good, pretty skilled. And I happened to um, watch him a little bit last night at his basketball practice. And there's an A team and a B team, and he's on the B team. Um, and the A team is, and the A team and the B team are practicing together. And, and you know my background and that I like basketball. So I'm, I found a window and I'm, I'm the only guy peeking in the window watching this practice that they don't allow parents to come watch. And, you know, I just wanted to observe. And so what I observed was, you know, our son was 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 a little timid, uh, which was unlike his way of playing sports. And I, I know why he was timid. It's because he was concerned that if he failed, if he did something wrong, the, the coach would have completely screamed at him because that's just the coach's style and mm -hmm. the coach is a very very good coach he knows the game of basketball so fast forward to after the practice he gets in the car we're driving home and i'm you know just talking to him I'm like hey bud listen do you think i asked him i'm like you know i try to like help it. it's hard for a 10 year old to, to get this concept oh, but i was like you know like hey bud do you think that you were playing your hardest at all times when you were out there and he's like i don't know i don't think so <laughs> You know, and I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm not trying to beat him up. But I my point was, I said, listen, Coop, I think that you had a lot more in the tank. And I think you were perhaps a little bit concerned that if you pushed it and it resulted in failure, that you would then get yelled at and it would set you back. And I said, if you kind of recalibrate how you look at that. And, and it's a hard concept. And I said, I said, I'll, I'll stay with you on this concept for the rest of life because it's not going to you're not going to get it right out of the gates. But if you put yourself out there and you grab the ball and you go the length of the court, and you make a move and you turn the ball over, like, don't look at that as a negative. Right. Because you gain the confidence to grab the ball, go the length of the court, make a move against some really good basketball you know, players. And if you turn the ball over, you turn the ball over. But there's only one way for you to get better at it is to keep doing it. So you're going to encounter failure. But look at failure as an opportunity to grow and develop. And, um, you know, like any 10-year-old kid said, yeah, Dad, I got it. You know, thanks, you know. But 
Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners that can probably relate to that. Uh, but, you know, listen, the reality is I'm not trying to tell him what to do, but I'm just trying to encourage him to fail forward, to, to be okay with this idea of failure. Because I think from a parental standpoint and from a, a boss perspective and from a, uh, an authority perspective, you know, sometimes we, we don't realize that we're always, we're always kind of setting people up for failure. And then we're like, you know, we're clobbering them. Like they're, they're, they're going to be down on themselves. Their performance isn't going to be what it's you know capable of being. So we, we need to recognize to your point, Frank, that uh, failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a good thing. It helps grow, helps develop. Of course, your objective is not to fail. Your objective is to succeed. But in doing so, there may be some failures and the failures will will certainly accelerate the learning curve. And, and uh, so I, I appreciate you, you coaching me in that direction to bring up the failing forward concept because it's something that I just talked about last night with, uh, with our son. And Justin, I love that you brought even the whole basketball thing up. And by the way, my sister just had the baby she just had is named Cooper. So, uh, nice. Nice. Great name. Great name. The other side, you bring up basketball. I remember I got cut from a basketball team. I think I was in eighth or ninth grade. I think ninth. I got cut from the high school basketball team. Failure, right? Like, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. You know, I, my friends were on the team. I played in eighth grade. Like, how did I get cut? All these things. Do you know, fast forward a bunch of years later, I was coaching the local rec basketball league where I grew up in Waretown with my buddy, Captain Mike. Hmm. And <laughs> we had a policy for the travel team. No kid would get cut. If they showed up to practice, if they put out, if they really wanted to be on the team, no kid would get cut. Hmm. And it was a travel team. So, you know, I think at one point we had like 16 kids on the team. (laughs) But guess what, dude? They they all raised money to have the the nice uniforms, which are different than the t-shirts they would get in rec. They all raised money and they all traveled. They all did warm ups. Now, not every kid played every game. We did our best, and you know. But at the end of the day, it was a travel team. The goal was to win. And when we talked about it, the, that mindset was, I don't ever want to be the reason that that kid thinks he's a failure because he may not have the same skill set that another kid has. And that's a kid. Now, I'm not saying like that. College basketball teams. Or high school basketball teams should have 30 kids. I'm not I'm not saying that. And I'm not like from the every kid gets a trophy generation. But right, when I right. think when I think you can make a difference in a kid's life, and now fast forward 20 years, these kids, I see them still, and they're like, man, I remember being on that basketball team. We had a, a Weartown jersey uh, and W with Weartown. So we had the Wu-Tang symbol, and we wrote Weartown on it. <laughs> And that was the jersey. And these kids, man, they still have them. You know, they had their last names on them. So it's funny you bring that up. Now, if I had never gotten cut in ninth grade, do I then, you know, 10 years, 15 years later, adopt that policy that no kid's going to get cut from this team? And then think how many lives that impacted in a positive way. So I think when we go through negative things, it's always like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Like, hey, yeah, it might be. And your, your stuff may be jammed up. But... At the end of the day, you're going to use that experience to learn from and or help somebody out. I mean, how many times have you been able to – I could say to Coop, hey, man, I got cut in ninth grade. Right, right. And you go, oh, okay, cool. And your life turned out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, exactly, exactly. Dude, and at at, uh, basic training, you know, the six months I was down there, I had a hernia injury. I got a hernia injury during the course of that training. Now, you know, it was an inguinal hernia. They're not fun. I mean, they Mm -hmm. protrude through the skin. And I remember talking to some of the folks down there. And they're like, look, man, you're probably going to get medicaled out if, if they find out that you have a hernia. Right. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting medicaled out of here. And for the final two and a half, right. three months, I went through infantry training with a hernia. You're marching right. on your load, Amazing. 60 pounds on your back, 40 pounds on your back. And dude, there were times I would be doubled over in pain, like pushing my intestine back inside the wall, like your, <laughs> your abdominal muscle. But, you know, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to quit and, yeah. and not reach that goal that, you know, quite honestly, yeah. I should have done 18 years earlier. Sure. Sure. And I think you developed the mindset. I mean, that's part of how you were raised. It's part of how you behave every day. And, you know, I think a domain that we should touch on, Frank, is um, a domain that people refer to as money. And, you know, I think we've talked a lot about many, many other areas of one's personal economy and overall world. And, you know, the way that we see success is not just defined by the dollars and cents that you have in the bank, right? Uh, success sure. yeah. consists of all of these different components that we're talking about and having proper balance within each of them and making sure that you're working on each of them all the time and you're not compromising one area for another area. And so when you talk about, when we bring up this idea of money and um, and planning and what you're doing in terms of where you are and where you're looking to go. You know, it's something that when you and I first met and we first started chatting, um, you know, it's not common to see a single person care as much about that domain, the domain of money as you care, you cared and continue to care about it. And I think, you know, maybe you can just touch on a little bit about what your experience has been just by perhaps bringing greater awareness to the money and how that's helped you shape kind of the way that you see the world and, and, you know, the path that you're on, because I think that's something that people don't fully understand. Look, man, and Justin, we talk about this all the time. I I mean, uh, when you and I met, I had, I was working for a Congressman who had just won an election and he is a guy who's been successful in business. And he said to me, Frankie, find a financial advisor. I don't know who it is. I'm not even going to tell you who to use because I don't want you to think that I'm I'm in on it. Like I want you to find a guy you're comfortable with. And then Chris Russell connected us. I I think right that's Russell connected us. He did. He did. He yeah, did. yeah. And, and then um, you know we got together and I remember like I was in your typical like late twenties single guy mode. I you know I I was never broke, but I I wasn't really building to a future because I didn't understand it and I didn't know it's like yeah okay cool like I make decent money now what do I do and it's the same way I I love the analogy that and I've referred this to you a bunch of times if you're struggling with a new strength and conditioning program are you going to do it on your own or are you going to talk to a strength and conditioning coach if you want to play guitar are you going to go get lessons or are you going to sit on your couch with an acoustic guitar that's not even tuned 
and try to teach yourself guitar. Some people do that very right. well, and that's fine. God bless them, and I'm just not necessarily one of those guys. So when you and I connected, it was like, all right, let's get my house in order. And mm-hmm. we made some moves. We did what we had to do. And fast forward five years later, four years later, that congressman loses that election. I no longer mm-hmm. have a six-figure job. The moves that we made over the course of those four years enabled me to take about six months to live, do whatever I was doing, and mm-hmm. not fear about the future. So, right. and that was to me huge. And, and where am I going now? I mean, I think last, last week I emailed you. I'm like, hey, man, I just, I just came into an extra $100 a month. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with it? A hundred bucks right. a month. What are we doing with that? Sure. And like that to me, because guess what? Twelve. That hundred turns into twelve hundred over the course of the year, and then whatever interest it may earn, however that happens, whatever. And then ten years later, how much is that? Right. Twelve grand. Right. You know. So right. that twelve thousand bucks. There's a month, or there's a year, of a rental house in Florida. If I wanted to do that when I retire. Right, right. I love it. And and I think what what you get so well and you have embraced so well is that wealth building is so strongly influenced by the discipline that one may have around their desire to save new money as their income comes into their balance sheet. And, you know, I think you can probably appreciate the fact that so many people are walking the streets talking about you know fat what we call fad investments um you know and and uh you know everybody wants to try to talk about you know a a get rich quick type of an investment and they think that it exists out there you know they think that there's a place where they can park x number of dollars and it could turn into a multiple of that that initial deposit and you know, maybe those places exist, maybe they don't, I don't know. But, you know, I think that when people start to develop a systematic way in which they're able to save new money, they start to realize that you can control your future in a lot better, in, in a much more predictable way where you, you have a better understanding of what to be, what to expect as a result of the the save the new money savings that you're doing rather than just kind of dropping you know a chunk in some investment and hoping for the best um you know there, there's there's going to continuously be new investments that are available uh to the marketplace with time i mean i know that a, a big investment that's being discussed right now is is bitcoin um you know as as a registered rep for park avenue securities we we cannot take a position on that we cannot um you know, recommend that uh, sure. we have some information that we can provide that Park Avenue has provided us. But as it relates to more of the the, the mainstream, and, and listen, by the way, maybe over the course of time, something like Bitcoin, I don't know, maybe it is a, a, a solid investment. Time will tell, right? I don't think anybody knows. Um, but as it relates to the <clears throat> tried and true, the the fundamental savings of new money, uh, proper investments, proper allocation, proper protection, like listen, the, the fundamentals work, right? Like, uh, you know, you relate it back to sports. You know, what people don't realize is there's usually you're going to get a higher, we're talking about basketball today, 
you're going to get a higher percentage shooting inside the three-point line versus shooting outside the three-point line yet but but so many people want to just start chucking up threes right because in the event that it goes in uh they get three points versus two points however if they shoot inside the two they have a higher probability of making and a higher percentage of making it so it's like you know but it's uh it's not as sexy it's not as glamorous to shoot inside the three-point line when you could hold that foul through like steph curry does and turn around and not look at the basket when you shoot it and release it you know um, yeah, it, but listen, just, I, think, I think that you know, finish, finish your point. No, I just, you know, I just think that it's so easy to get caught up in, in the sensationalism around, you know, what might be new investments or new opportunities. But I think you embraced this idea of just going to the basics and the basics work, you know, the basics will always work. So I, I just applaud you for that. Well, no, and I appreciate it. And I think to me, it's people just don't talk about it enough. And even my friends and I, and guys in the gym or wherever guys in in the national guard that i deal with it's easy to talk about the like you were talking about the the fun i almost consider that stuff like fun you know almost like Mm. fantasy football in a sense you're never gonna make gazillion dollars in fantasy football but is it fun to do with your buddies with 500 bucks a season sure cool and if you win at the end yeah you're gonna make 3500 dollars. great cool awesome we had fun talking football all year and I made 3500 bucks that, you know, is going to go back into next year's draft party. That's kind of right. almost how I'm viewing the whole day trader thing right now is like, hey, cool. Mm-hmm. That's what those guys are into. They're having fun with it. I hope nobody's getting crazy financially and hurt by it. Um, I have some interest in it. I just think some of it's intriguing to watch and develop. At the end of the day, I'm not going to base the next 20 years off of something that may not work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my attention is, what am I doing with that extra $100 a month? And I'm going to email you guys later about another little thing. So it, it's, yeah. what are we doing? Like, how are we building it? These things work. It, it works if you work it too. I mean, I love that saying it works if you work it. Yeah. How many times you, yeah. you want like a, hey, I want to, you didn't start out running 50 miles on day one. Right. But I guarantee you, like, that I can I can only imagine what's like what is going through your mind when you finish a fifty miler. Well, the fifty miler is a training run for a hundred miler, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I finish it, it's like, wow, huh. that was fifty. You know, that was yeah. You know, I look at it as half of a hundred. You know, not double yep. twenty five. But that's just yeah. the way I look at it. <laughs> Do, now you finished a hundred, right? Couple times, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Did the Leadville one in Colorado? That's and right. Yes. Did one in Arizona, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking to throw one on the books for later this year. Now that my ankle's feeling better, so uh, good. good. Yeah, just got to keep working with it, man. Got to keep working with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's just it, man. It's, so it's all this stuff. And uh, go ahead. No, no, this is great. This is really good stuff. I uh, I, I I just want to. Thank you for uh, hanging with us here on on uh, on the podcast on Yoke, your optimal personal economy. I mean, we we started to invite you know a select handful of people onto the podcast as guests, and of course you were on that very short list. So we we appreciate you joining us, and um, we know that you're you're out there on social, so our listeners can check you out on social. They could see what you're all about. They could follow you. I mean, they could follow Bennett Financial. They could. You know, whether it be uh, Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, there's so many different ways to check out you or I or 
our firm. Um, you know, check us out. Follow. You know, I think we're closing in on a hundred um, podcast episodes, which is kind of exciting. My, uh, my thanks, man. My, my my wife Kim um, is going to be the the hundredth the hundredth oh, uh, or the guest on the hundredth episode. She um, she doesn't know it, but she will be. <laughs> um, but no, it's all good. It's all good. So how many times have you said that to her? Uh, <laughs> how many times you said that? Hey, you don't know this yet, but this is going to happen. <laughs> Not too often, you know. I, right. I, uh, right. I, I try to, I try to, you know, just on 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 milestone events like that, you know, I want her to be part of it because awesome. you know, without That's her, cool. without her, none of this is possible. And it's serious. I'm yeah, serious, you know. Sure. So, but listen, thanks again, Frank. I appreciate your time. It's been uh, it's been great hanging with you, and uh, you know, we'll keep rolling, keep rocking. It's a good day for a good day, and. Uh, Thanks so much. You bet, brother. I'll talk to you soon, Justin. Take care, Frank. Yeah, man, no doubt. See ya. Thank you for listening to Yope, your optimal personal economy. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you and invite you to visit our website, bennettfg.com. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T-F-G.com where you can listen or subscribe to our library of Yoke podcasts, follow us on social media, and as always, please feel free to share this episode with anyone in your personal orbit looking to become better informed and take control of their financial landscape. Justin Bennett, Registered Representative of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ Northeast Planning Corporation, 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016-908-709-0020. Securities products offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0H88104. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Bennett Financial Group, LLC, and opinions stated are their own.